Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. Ready for some gospel? Come on, you know, I often tell people that that's all we got is gospel. I got nothing but one message, and that's good news. That's good news. Good news, good news, good news. How many of you guys have been enjoying, like, the last few months where we've been at, man? Just, uh, just talking about, we've really been in, for lack of better terms, I guess people call them series, but this what's been on my heart is to talk about our people that are captivated, and thus far, that has led us into the book of Acts, and so... We're going to keep just plowing through the book of Acts for a little bit. Hey, thank you so much, uh, Darla, for playing. We're just going to dive right on in today. Um, if you brought your owner's manuals, let's look at Acts chapter 2 today. Just going to keep on moving along. Acts chapter 2. I got a whole lot of Bible verses to throw at you as well. Um, somebody asked me this past week. He said, man, are you, um, do you guys like preach from the Bible at your church? I'm like, well, I, I hope that. And all churches kind of teach from the scripture, but um, yeah, we do um, a little bit. So sometimes we probably we 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 read way more scripture probably than a lot a lot of uh, just non-denominational churches do. It's, but it's really probably more orthodox. It's, it's not anything new to them, but in America, it is to read a lot of scripture on a Sunday morning. And for some people, we worship too long. But I'm like, man, you're gonna have a hard time in heaven. I'm just telling you, you better not go. Like it's nonstop. Go get it. And you know what that tells me every time I hear that? Is you probably don't do that at home. You probably don't do that at home. Never try to tell your spouse when you're in your intimate times, you know what, you just, you just, it's a little long. I got to go. Anyway, just want to bless you with that revelation in Jesus' name. It's funny how we approach the Lord um, with our mindset sometimes and never in awe by some of the things that I hear. Okay, Holy Ghost. Man, I do not know where we're going to go today. We're going to go. Acts chapter 2. Man, the Bible is full of some good stuff. I love reading through the Bible and just having to stop when I read because my heart gets smitten um, over some things that I read. And just going through Acts chapter 2, there's just some beautiful, beautiful stuff in there. I don't have time to get into all of it, but... I would encourage you to try to read a chapter a day in the book of Acts in, this, in the next upcoming weeks. It'll, it'll really, really help you. If you can do more, do more. But just read and let, let the word get into you. Everybody say this. Say the goal of reading is not always to understand what I read the moment I read it. How many have read stuff from the Bible and you're like, well, that's wow. I don't, I don't have a clue what that means. Is that just me? You know? Um, but remember where the author of the book lives. He lives in you. So as you mull things over, you, you know, you, you'll gain some understanding. But really, if we always seek understanding, sometimes we can miss things. Everybody say this, say mystery. mystery. The Bible is filled with mystery. How I many know God is filled with mystery? And it's a good thing. If you have a God that you fully understand, you have an inferior one. We, we serve a God we've never seen. 
say we're going to a place called heaven that we haven't yet been to, (laughs) right? But yet we want to understand everything before we put faith in it, which kind of goes against faith, (laughs) the definition of faith. And so the purpose of reading isn't just always to get full understanding. Sometimes it's so that the mystery can grab you even deeper. And I found this out. I don't get the mystery. The mystery gets me. Did you hear what you just heard? The purpose is not to get the mystery. The mystery gets you. And when you can learn to rejoice over things you don't understand as much as things you do, then you can say, I'm beginning to grow a little bit here. I'm beginning to grow. You ready? Let's look at Acts chapter 2. I mean, I got 37 Bible verses. Um, Acts 2, 38 through 40. Uh, Kaylee, but a thumbs up. You got all those? I know I just texted them to you here. I don't know where we go. Acts 2, 38 through 40. Um, yeah, let me just read from the screen so it'll keep me online. Acts 2, 38 through 40. This is Peter. Uh, he's preaching on the day of Pentecost. He's, he's um, preached this sermon, and, and the Holy Spirit is beginning to move as Peter had shares and so, shared, and this is afterwards. I want you to, what I want us to get when we read the book of Acts is I want us to see, for lack of better terms, a template of the early church. Remember, in the early church, they did not have a Bible they walked around with. (laughs) Bill Johnson says, we want the fruit of the early church, but the early church didn't have the Bible. We so sometimes put so much emphasis on the Bible but what we neglect sometimes is emphasis on the spirit. So they didn't have the book that we have, but we do have the same spirit they had. And I want us just to see some things by way of the spirit that will help us look at some of the stuff in the book that we do have. Listen to this. Then Peter said to them, repent. Everybody say repent. By the way, that's still part of your faith. Everybody say, repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Interesting. You know, Jesus did say the great commission, baptize men in the name of the what? Who else? Who else? Except when you read, (laughs) when you read the Bible, you don't even see where they did that. They actually only, they baptize people in the name of Jesus. I ain't going to mess with you. I'm going to just tell you what's in the scripture. Anyway, when you come into the sun, you come into the fullness anyway, but we're going to keep on going. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the what? Remission of sins. And if you do that, he says, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Next verse. For this promise, this Holy Spirit, is to you and to your children and to who all are afar off. By the way, that's us. Because we were far off. We 2,022 years down the road far off, right? But what, the last three or four weeks we've talked about the Holy Spirit. And to you who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Who has to, you show me somebody who he hadn't called, and you can say that verse isn't for you. But the truth is, he called who? Everybody. All right. Uh, look at Mark chapter 1, Kaylee. Let's go to Mark. Mark chapter 1, 12 through 15. Mark 1, 12 
We're going to be talking about repentance today. Um, this is Jesus after his baptism, and immediately the Spirit, Holy Spirit, drove him, Jesus, into the wilderness. Everybody wants to be led by the Spirit until he leads them into the wilderness. But anyway, and he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and was, and was with the wild beast, and the angels ministered to him. Man. Now, after John the Baptist, or the immerser, was put in prison, which was the cousin of Jesus, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching what? The gospel or the good news of the kingdom of God. Watch this. And saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is now at hand. In other words, it's here. Repent. Everybody say repent. And believe in the gospel. Now let's look at Matthew chapter 4. Kaylee, whatever. I think it's one passage there, but I don't know. I think I took crazy notes on that one. Let's look at the Matthew 4. I think I got 17 written down. Matthew 4 and 17. <clears throat> From that time on, after John was put in prison, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now let's look at Acts chapter 17 verse 30. Let's look at Acts. This is just a handful of scriptures about repentance. Acts chapter 17, verse 30. This is Paul preaching to these pagans on Mars Hill. And toward the end of his message, he says this, Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked. Meaning how you guys used to live, you know, it was crazy, but God overlooked it. But now, he commands all men everywhere to what? I want to make sure we, we see that. There was a time God said, I overlooked some of your acts of ignorance. But now I command men everywhere to repent. One more, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, 9 and 10. I really got like four more, but anyway. Second, I repent for lying. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9 and 10. Um, Paul is having a dialogue or a conversation a mutual interaction with the people at Corinth. He's getting a little upset with them because they were crazy. Boy, when you, I'm telling you, you want to talk about a crazy church. Woo! Second Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9 and 10. First Corinthians 7. No, let's look at 2 Corinthians 7. That's 1 Corinthians 7. Better to marry than to burn. That's a good one, though. That right, that's a good one. That if you, I'm telling you, you know who you are in this room. It's better to marry than to burn. And I love the Bible. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, I'm ready to go home. I did it right. If you like it, then you should have put it. Uh, 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 yeah. By the way, you know what my first, my song was at my wedding? Our first dance, me and Mrs. Jones. It was good. We got a what? We got a thing going on. Some of y'all going to go home and Google it. <laughs> me and Mrs. Jones. All right. Paul says, now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry. Paul had to get on to him a little bit but that your sorrow led to repentance. This is a father talking to his spiritual children. For you were made sorry in a godly manner that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. Next verse, verse 10. For godly sorrow produces what? Repentance, metanoia, that leads to what? Salvation. Listen to this now. Not to be regretted. 
but the sorrow of the world leads to death. I'm going to hold off on reading Joel or Joel, however how you want to pronounce it. I want to talk about repentance because repentance was such a big deal um, in the early church. And we don't hear a whole, I would say we probably do hear a lot about repentance in most churches, but, but, but it's really jaded how we hear repentance. So I've shared a lot about kind of how I grew up in church and what church was like for me. So I grew up going to a Baptist slash church for a while. Then we went to we went to a Methodist Holiness Church. I'm not even sure how that worked, but we we went to that. Um, then then we moved to an Assembly of God Church, Matthew. Now you put all that in the blender and start blending it up, and then you you come up with what I call Frankenstein ministry. You know what Frankenstein was? They took body parts from different people and put them all together and shocked them to life. And he became Frankenstein. And the people that made Frankenstein, when Frankenstein got up, he wasn't very kind to them. Got to be careful with all the mixing and matching that we see taking place sometime in God's kingdom. And so I grew up in a little bit of a, a, a mixed match or mismatch type of faith. Uh, that's what I was really, really introduced to. I didn't have a clue what was going on. We had Baptist on one of our boards outside. We had Methodist on one of our, our signs outside. I didn't have a clue what that terminology meant. I just know I go to the church that has this on the sign. What I found out, though, as I got older is that, you know, uh, the preachers, my dad was my main pastor for most of my life growing up, but they love to have what we call, what, what happens at the end of every sermon? We have a Y'all, we had altar calls, and altar call had to happen every week, primarily because that's the way they learned it, but secondly, because if a lot of people answered the altar call, it made it look like God was really moving, and it made it look like the, the, the message was really effective, but understand, altar calls have been happening roughly the last 120, 150 years. They're rel- relatively new in regards to how old the kingdom of God is. Paul did not like to do altar calls. Jesus didn't say at this time, if you want to receive anything I just said, come forward. Like, I mean, they just didn't do that. They spoke the word, and they actually believed John 6 that the word was spirit and life. I believe it was, I don't know if it was Spurgeon or Moody. I don't remember. They would preach the gospel on Sunday, and he would say, if this message spoke to you, meet me here tomorrow at this time. And men's hearts who were convicted by truth, he would come back to, he had a mega church of his day. He would come back to church the next day, Matt, and the line would be all the way down the sidewalk. You ever notice what we do in church? We, we get it just right with the music and the songs. And, and, and we do worship in such a way that worship builds into the message because we still teach this fallacy in America that the greatest part of our church service is the preaching. And I just, I scratch my head at times. I'm like, here we do not try to build up into a message. I want you to know that. I want you to, I want to say that to you. My, the goal of what we do isn't to try to set you up for a good sermon. So I don't want to do that. And, and, and we would work people with the, with the, the with, you know, with the songs and, and with the altar call. And our goal was to pull people to an altar because the Lord was moving. And honestly, a lot of ministers love to see people at the altars. It made them feel good. Like, I still got it. I ain't nobody I ain't getting no amens today. Like I still got it. And and also I can say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people, eight people came to the altar. When your friends say, How was service? Boy, we had eight people come down today. 
What we don't tell them is that that same person been down eight times that year. How many times can you actually get born again, again? I answered more altar calls than I care to try to count. I rededicated on my rededication when I got rededicated on my rededication, and I rededicated the fact that I got rededicated. And I did that for almost 18 years. That's a lot of rededications and dedications, dedications. And Wes, I found out my born-again experience didn't take very well. It is quiet up in here, up in here. And I don't know if we actually, I'm not me, let me say me. I don't know if I actually ever repented, but I definitely felt sorrow, Matt. I definitely felt, can I, can I be honest? And a lot of times, Wes, I felt shame. <laughs> I felt shame. A lot of times we would, because we didn't understand genuine conviction, they, not intentionally, but it wasn't very convicting, but it was very condemning to me. And a lot of times I was, um, I, I'm just talking about me, I would answer altar calls because I was very afraid of what I heard. Jesus Christ came on the heels of John the Baptist preaching and the message of John was one of repentance. He preached repent because the kingdom's at hand. That message was so phenomenal that Jesus picked it up because it was his message because it was his kingdom. And John gets put in prison and Jesus comes on his heels mad and he says repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Kaylee, I don't know if you were able to put that word that I gave you for repentance. So can you do that? Did you get that by chance? Oh, we have thumbs. Yes or no? Put that in the system. Okay. Repent. So I don't have to write it. Repent. In the Greek, this is the word metanoia. I took this right literally from the, from the concordance in the Blue Letter Bible app. You ready for this? This is what it says. Repent. Re, redefinition one out loud. Come on. Do what? To, to what? This is the primary definition of repentance, to repent. Two, secondary, to change one's mind for better, heartily to amend with abhorrence of one's past sins. Me growing up in church, I knew nothing of number one. And I definitely didn't get that first part of number two. But they tried to make me abhor my past sins. But if we think repentance is the abhorrence of sins first without us changing our minds first, I'm going to throw something, Jesus Christ. We will end up in a cycle of sin. So preacher, I mean, uh, you know, parishioner, <laughs> come repent of your sins they literally were saying say you're sorry for what you did my gosh can you not tell my broken life is a witness that i'm sorry yes i slept around y'all act like y'all jesus's third cousin 
Yes, I was having sex outside of marriage. Yes, I had a nasty attitude. Yes, I lied. Ready for this one? Yes, I gossiped. Yes, I watched stuff that I had no business watching. I opened up the gates of my life to garbage. And even in mercy, some of the sermons that I heard growing up that were way jaded. I'm talking about not good news. God still used them to pull my heart to him. But boy, God working through that, but I'm just telling you, I was afraid because of what I was hearing. And it was fear that led me to an altar. And I never one time had a metanoia. I never one time changed the way I thought about what I was doing, but I felt sorry about what I was doing. And I want to tell you something. Sorrow alone will not change your heart. Did you hear what I just said? Being sorry over sin will not change what you did. As a matter of fact, I would repent about lying or repent about sleeping around. And, and as long as I felt sorry, like I was good, but eventually, which for me was by the end of service, like by the time I got in the car, that, that feeling of sorrowness was gone. And I got right back around those same group of people. And because I didn't feel sorry no more about what I did, it didn't take me long to go repeat the process. And you can see this happening in the nation of Israel as a nation for a long time prior to Jesus. Prophets will stand up and say, repent, repent, repent. And they were great law preachers. They took the scripture of the old covenant and they wielded it very well. And Israel would come and there was an external sign of repentance. Getting way ahead of myself here. But God's goal for his people was not external repentance. If you're taking notes, here's point one. Kayla, maybe you can even make this a point on the board. If you are taking notes, this is point one. Repentance is first inward. So the Lord comes, speaking to the nation of Israel often, he would say, repent. And they said, you know what? We did worship an idol God. Um, We got to repent. Now what are we going to do? Let's go find an animal. And the animal ended up giving his life for something they did wrong. And I'm going to tell you what. If, if they would have took one blade, they would, they would slit an animal's throat. But if they would have took one blade and went about one inch this way, they'd have been some real repentance happening. But because the animal was feeling the pain and not them, I'm good. Y'all ain't saying nothing right now. God had to find a way to make it more. Watch this personal. And I'm telling you, if your repentance isn't personal... You will not have long-lasting transformation from it. Now, Joel chapter 2, verse 13, Kaylee. Joel chapter 2, verse 13. I love the book of Joel. It's extremely, it's extremely short, but man, there's some nuggets of truth up in there. Joel chapter 2, verse 13, and then we'll come back to repentance as first inward. I'm almost already done with the sermon today. We're going to see how far we get. Joel chapter 2, verse 13. Listen to what he tells them. Man, he had gotten so tired of them just bringing sacrifices. And I mean, Israel, sometimes they throw ashes on their face, man. They'd make themselves look rough like we repented, but it was all external. Listen to what a prophet who got tired of this external repentance would say. He said, this is what the Lord really wants to tell you. Rend, which means tear. Tear your what? 
and not your what? Because a lot of times when they would repent, sign of that, would be, especially priests, is they would do this. They would rip their shirt, rip it down past the heart. You say, quit messing up your Gucci. Quit messing up your best Sunday wear. Because all you're doing is you're ripping your external stuff, but it's not affecting you inside. He says, quit tearing your garments and let the Father rend your what? Hearts. Return to the Lord your God, for he is it's even under no covenant. This is the truth about him. He is gracious and merciful and slow to anger and of great what? Of great what? And he relents from doing harm. God is saying, please quit going through these external emotions and actions of repentance because it's obviously not working. I don't want to see any more of your cows, any more of your lambs, any more of your turtle doves. Quit messing up your clothes. What would heal all of this is if you would simply rend your heart and not your garments. And I answered altar call after altar call after altar call, busting the knees of my pants. No, no, I bought these like this, but you get the point. I mean, my man, my daddy was a professional altar call giver. I mean, it's like they, they talked about how to do it. Make them feel bad over what they did, then introduce hell. Which I never heard a good, truly biblical sermon on that either, but that's another sermon for another day. And it didn't take long. But if you talk, if you put sin, hell, fear, and condemnation together, you're going to have a good altar call. And I'm telling you, we had good altar calls. And we had a whole lot of tears and a whole lot of rending of garments. But we had a lot less rending of hearts. A lot of times I would repent because I got caught. (laughs) Y'all ain't saying nothing. Jesus is third cousins. I'm telling you the truth. I will repent because I got caught of stuff. There's times now, there's times even at home, in my bedroom. I I, I mean, I call it repentance, Matt. I will repent to God for something I did because I was afraid that what I did would get found out or something would come of it like a baby. (laughs) Lord, you know I love you, Lord, and you just know God. Please, Jesus. Let me ask, was that repentance? Do you know what Paul told the church at Corinth? Jesus Christ. He said, I don't know what verse is, the one in Corinthians. He said, there is a worldly sorrow that, that produces something, but it's not the right kind of repentance. He said, but there is a godly sorrow that leads to repentance. He didn't say a godly sorrow that leads to an altar call. He said, there is a sorrow that if you let it work in you, it will lead you to repentance, which will lead you to soteria, which will lead you to salvation. And I wondered why I never experienced that zozo, Matt, that soteriology in me, that, that the salvation that happens. I wonder why that never really happened the way it, like I read about it. And the reason was, is I was trying to bypass repentance and get born again. Yeah. 
I was trying, see, don't, 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 don't miss confession of sins here. I was trying to bypass having a metanoia, which would lead me to a soteria, a salvation. And I bypassed that and I confused saying a prayer with salvation. Do you understand the drasticness of what I just said? Do you understand how much that happens in our country where people are saying prayers, but they're not repenting because their minds aren't changing? At least 18 years I did that. I repent of having sex and lying and nasty attitudes and just my own pornography and, and all my own stuff. And I repented because I felt bad, but I I never had a metanoia take place. Come here, Wes, my friend. Let me me, me explain something to you. How many many have ever heard of this? Probably before what what, what I'm teaching today. We were taught that repent means to turn around. Just start turning around. We, We heard this in church. Repent means to what? Turn away and go the other direction, which is partially true. I mean, I, I've heard him preach everything. Repent means you make a 360-degree change. I'm like, if you make a 360-degree change, which way are you going to be going when you're done? If Wes makes a 360-degree, God changed me, turn my life around. I start walking. Oh, brother, you're going the exact same direction. And we did that in church all the time. Because I tried to, or, or you heard this one, or it means this. It means to turn. And go in the what? Other. Now, that, that's, that, you get, we getting closer. At least West turned. But every time I go to an altar call, just start turning around West. Every time I went to an altar call, I bypassed repentance. And I had a whole lot of sorrow. And I went back home. I'm just rotating. I'm just turning around. But the church would go crazy when I came to the front, people. I mean, <laughs> oh, y'all don't know about that ugly church face, but we had the ugly, but. And so we had a whole lot of turning around. You know, just keep turning around, Wes. Don't stop turning now. Don't it look good? Wes got the best hair in the church. I'm sorry, ladies. This is Vidal Sassoon right here. Keep doing. You know, you know what this is going to make you? A dizzy sinner. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I was a dizzy sinner trying to find my way to be a son, Matt. Does this bear witness with anybody? But once a metanoia happened in the way that I thought, I could actually turn and go the other direction. Watch this. Until I had a metanoia with pornography, Listen to what I'm telling you. Until I had a metanoia with pornography, in other words, until I changed how I thought about it, it didn't affect me getting on a keyboard or now a phone. Can I, can I just be really, can I tell you how my metanoia happened? One day, Holy Spirit said to me, Joshua, you are getting, watch this, he said, you are getting off on some woman's brokenness. You need a metanoia? When I saw 
that I was benefiting from somebody else's brokenness and bondage? And that was a father in a kind way of saying to me, you're taking advantage of some other man's daughter and she's broken and you don't and you know it and you're taking advantage of it. Can I, can I be really honest with you? I was traveling and preaching probably three or four times a month at, at this time. I needed a metanoia. I needed a change in the way that I thought. And a metanoia is not something you have once in a lifetime. I have had multiple metanoias. And I'm, I feel like I'm living in an ongoing Taylor metanoia. I'm, gonna be, I'm having metanoias in how I handle my money. I'm having metanoias how I view my marriage. I'm having, having metanoias in how, I, in how I parent. You understand what I'm telling you? I'm having metanoias in every way of my life. And this never ends. And I, I wanted to turn and go the other direction and I would try, but I would end up doing a 360 thing because I said I was sorry over it, but I never had a metanoia. I never changed how I thought about it. And so Jesus comes and says, if you really want to enter into my kingdom, you don't say you're sorry and get into the kingdom. He says, you repent, metanoia, change how you thought about it. And I promise you, that is the entryway into the kingdom. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is the entryway into it. Why? Because anywhere you get in life, you always get their head first. Peter stands up to preach on the day of Pentecost and listen to his words. He says this, the, 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 the verse prior to that says, as he preached, they were cut to the heart. My, my, we did that growing up. They would cut us to the heart. But he didn't leave them there. He stands up and he says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Which we're doing our first baptism next month. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, metanoia, to change one's mind, i.e. to repent. To change one's mind for a better, heartily to amend with abhorrence of one's past sins. I abhorred my past sins, and I thought that was repentance, but it wasn't. You do not effectively abhor your sin until you change the way you think about it. So, I would repent because I got caught, I would repent because I was scared, or I would repent because I was afraid of consequences. You, 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 let me see. Honor. Let me deal with honor. My son. Um, just started playing Fortnite, by the way. Just got on and bought him his first headset. He's, he's like a kidney cancer. I mean, kidney cancer. He's in another world. He asked me, could he buy? I'm learning all this stuff. You should have told me better, Cameron. You didn't tell me, but I'm, we're going to talk about that at the church. Um, I'm learning that you can buy these packs for it. What are, they, what are they called? They're called packs, packs. You can buy these packs, which has all these skins. It's change your outfit. And I'm like, well, that's an outfit change. There ain't no skin. That's an outfit change. But anyway. And he, he, he starts buying. He said, can I buy this? I'm like, yeah, how much is it? He's like, it's $8.99. Matter of fact, one comes out today. He said, it's a big deal for honor. Big deal. I'm like, yeah, you know, you, you can buy it, honor. Well, what he don't know is I get notifications when he tries to buy something. So I get this ding on my computer from Microsoft. I didn't, Michael, what did Microsoft send me an email for? There's an $8.99 purchase, which I had agreed to. And then there was a $19.99 purchase, which I didn't agree to. Now, I felt an old covenant God come on me. I felt, I, I, felt, I felt 
Boy, I'm telling you, I, I felt it. Let me tell you. I felt Tabasco sauce on my skinny thighs, Wes. I was feeling really, really good. And I thought, what is? I started reading through here. And it says something about a pack on Fortnite. And I thought, Lord have mercy. I needed a metanoia in that moment. But I didn't. I couldn't, I couldn't find a graceful one. So I go to Honor. I say, um, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? He said, yeah, daddy. Yeah, you know, yeah dad. What's happening, dad? <laughs> well, first, how about you, yeah, dad, and you put that, that, that controller down? Because I'm about to go dusty roads on you. don't know who that, but I'm about to go dusty roads. So he put the controller down, and we start talking. Watch this now. Watch this now. Honor's a lot like me. He's really sensitive. And he... he he very tender-hearted, and he starts feeling it. I mean, conviction. I got some condemnation in there too, though. But he starts. <laughs> he starts feeling it. tears start coming out his eyes. He says, "I'm sorry, Dad." <laughs> now he felt sorry for his sins, and I wanted him to know, and I wanted him to feel sorry for his sins. But my goal wasn't to make him feel sorry. I was going for metanoia with him. So we just kept on talking. And I said, do you understand why what you did was wrong? Yeah, Dad, I understand why I did was wrong. <laughs> he said again, he told me like three, he said, I'm sorry, Dad. I said, I believe you're sorry. And I, 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 I'm grateful that you apologized for it. I said, but what I'm looking for is for you not to do that again. And that happens on it when you understand that what you did was wrong and why it was wrong. And he said, I understand that. He said, I, I, I should have told you. I should have told you. Metanoia. We feel sorry for doing things, but because we got caught. But do we understand why, from Papa's perspective, why he says, it's not just wrong that you did it. I want you to understand why it's wrong. The best definition I can think of for sin is when we're using what we call LTS. It's the word damage. Do you understand that that thing damages you? I want you not to do that. So I had a conversation with Honor. I said, Honor, the reason that's important for me, it's not about, son, I got, tw I got 20 bucks. That's not the problem. It's I told you not to do that, and you chose to go against what I told you. Did you know what I did? I said, so we're going to start going, I'm going to let you play an hour a day. Like, the whole day. I mean, you just thought I smashed his hammer with a, his finger with a hammer. Like an hour a day. But I'm going for metanoia. I want you to change how you think. Religion says, change your. This is External. Religion says, say you're sorry. And I did it. I did it all. I did it for years, just like that. But you know what John, when John began to preach repentance, and he had religious rulers coming to, his, to hear his sermons, Matthew, this is what he says. John sees them coming west, and he says, bring you therefore fruit worthy of repentance. In other words, when you come out of this water and you say you repented, it's not the sign that you're wet that proves to me long-term that you repented. I want to know your lifestyle has changed. I want to see you being different as a secondary consequence that there was a metanoia that took place. Myself included, we don't like people to say, you know what, I'm really looking to see, is this brother really born again? 
But there are verses in the scripture that talk about looking at people's fruit. What is the fruit of my repentance? What did Paul say again in 2 Corinthians chapter 9? Let me just read it again. Taylor, come back to the keys for me, brother, real quick. Is this all right? It's okay. The early church preached repentance. We, we have to have repentance taking place. Was it 2 Corinthians 9? What was that, Holy Spirit? 7, 7 and verse 9, 7 and verse 9. Listen to this again. I, I, I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, honor, because I had him feeling sorry, but I was working it now. I almost put an and uh, in there on him, but I didn't. <laughs> he said, but I rejoice because you're sorry led to repentance, for you were made sorry in a godly manner. For godly sorrow produces a repentance that leads to salvation, never to be repented of again. But he says the sorrow of the world produces death. Kaylee put this up there, Romans chapter 2, verse 4. I'm going to hang my hat up right here and we're done. Romans 2 and verse 4. Paul, the great apostle, wrote about this so beautifully. Do you ever see Jesus walking up to people that really, really needed him and him being harsh with them? Jesus led people to repentance not by revealing their sin. That's why I didn't know that growing up. I did not know that growing up. I thought repentance comes because somebody revealed your sin. I did not know that growing up. And obviously, none of, neither did our pastors. If there is one verse in the new covenant that pierces my heart, it's Romans 2 and 4. Kaylee, get that up for me. And by the way, Paul's talking to Rome. These guys were pagans, man. If you just read, if you come out of Romans chapter 1, he's talking, dealing with them about homosexuality, idol worship, all this stuff, man. And he, if I could take, if I had to take two books out of the New Covenant, I'd probably take John and, and, and Romans because they're just filled. But listen to what he says. He says, do you despise the riches of God's goodness, his forbearance, and his long suffering? You mean tell me God suffers long? It's Paul's way of saying God is willing to sit in this posture of, I'm not going to let judgment come to you as long as I can. He suffers long with us. He says this, not knowing. Ain't no pastor in the region I grew up in understood this. That it is the goodness of God that leads to metanoia. What leads to, what leads to a metanoia? Who is the greatest example of what God is like? His name was Jesus Christ. He was so kind. They called him the friend of sinners. Jesus is known today not because he associated with people that were everything like him or God. He's actually most known in the universe as the one who hung out with people that were nothing like God. But yet he chose to say, I'm going to make you my company. That's Jesus of Nazareth, folks. What leads a person to real repentance? Now, it, it may not make for good altar calls. But it makes for a great life change. Peter said, repent. Metanoia. How, Peter? Understand that it's the goodness of God. It's, I actually put this down here today. 
If I try to spell that, C-H-R-E-S-T-O-S-J. It's the Christos of God. That's the word right there. Kindness of God. It's the Christos of God. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Let me look that up in my Bible app here. Jesus. Christos. Ready for this? The first is to be fit, to be useful, to be virtuous or good, pleasant, of things more pleasant, of people being kind, benevolent. Seven times is that one word used in the New Testament. You ready for this? Two times it's translated as kind. One time as easy. Another time as better. One time as goodness. One time as good. And one time as gracious. He says it's the kindness of God. It's the easy of God. It's the betterness of God. It's the goodness of God. It's the good of God. And it's the graciousness of God. He said when you see that, then you can have a metanoia. But where I grew up, you better turn from your sins, son, or you're going to burn. You filthy, lying homophobic whatever struggling with whatever your stuff was you drug using you addicted I mean they labeled us boy and it did a good job of pulling me to the front and making me cry in front of people but it did nothing to rend my heart and change how I thought about God and I thought if my external actions were big enough if I felt sorry enough that that was enough but I'm telling you after years and years and years and years and even years years of still struggling with the same stuff it doesn't work and it is only hear me it is only by the Christos of God it is only by the goodness of God that you and I come to repentance and did you say only yes I said only by the Christos of God only by the Christos of God that you come to repentance. And from repentance, he said, that will lead you unto salvation. And Peter stood up and he said, save yourself from a twisted generation. He said, repent ye therefore. Repent ye therefore. We just saw the goodness of, Peter had just seen the goodness of God 40 days earlier on display with a man hanging on a cross, a sinless man dying on a sinner's cross, beaten to a bloody pulp to the point that they could not even recognizing him. Isaiah prophesied, said that he would make his grave. He would make his grave with the rich and with the sinful. He would be laid in a borrowed man's tomb. Said he would be like a sheep dumb before its shears who chose to open not his mouth but he said oh but who would believe our report who would believe our report this man was the kindness of God and this man led people to repentance I want to ask you a question come on stand to your feet this morning I want to ask you a question did you say you're sorry or did you repent listen I thank God for feeling sorry I want to feel sorry but feeling sorry is only short term But long-term life transformation comes when we've had a metanoia in how we think. It's the way into the kingdom. It's the way of the kingdom. And I'm going from metanoia to metanoia to metanoia. I'm seeing things differently now. I'm not even going to ask you to come up front. Mainly because I don't want to be that unreligious in my own self. But I want to ask you something. Right where you stand real freedom from any sin I'm telling you it comes through the metanoia of God but that comes as a secondary secondary consequence of the Christos of God I see God that you're kind and a kind father would say let me take that away from you son this is hurting you 
Have you ever saw a kind father saying, I want to take that away from you? You found out that tears didn't change anything. Now let the goodness of God hit that thing. And I promise you, that will lead to salvation. I just want to ask Taylor just to take a moment and just play. Holy Spirit, right now, under the sound of my voice, if there are things that we need to really repent of, it may be sin. If it's sin, I'm telling you, repent of it. What does that mean? Have a metanoia in that area. Say, God, I do. I, can, I confess that this thing has maybe, you know, it, it's whooped me in this area many times. But now I see that you are kind. I repent of this thing. I, don't, I, I turn away from it, Lord. Change my mind toward it so that I can effectively go in the opposite direction. I do. I want to abhor it in how I see it, Lord. But that only happens once I see the goodness of God that was demonstrated through the man, Jesus Christ. It is the kindness of God that leads to repentance. If you're in this room today, I'm telling you something, man. I don't care. For me, it was pornography. I also had a nasty attitude. I also harbored thoughts in my mind that I thought I was good because nobody knew I was thinking them. Man, I could give, I'll go on and on. I'm telling you, if your life has been dominated in any area by any sin, you don't get rid of that thing just by feeling sorry over it. You expose that area of your life to the Christos of God, the kindness of God, the goodness of God, and you let him change your mind in that area. And I'm telling you, that leads to salvation. So if you're in this room right now under the sound of my voice and there is something dominating your life, I want to give you an opportunity to meet my best friend and he's going to show you his Christos, his goodness and his kindness, and it will lead you to a metanoia. If that's happening in you right now, here's all I want you to do. I just want some simple acknowledgement. Pastor Josh, right now, I have something in my life that's dominating me, but I want to expose it to the Christos of God. Come on, right now, if that's you, come on, just lift your hands up. Man, I got no shame in my game. Come on, I got some stuff right now in my life that I'm asking the Lord. I want to expose this to your Christos. Come on, I'm telling you, there's grace for that. I see multiple hands going up around the room. There's Christos happening right now. Father, right now, I just pray that the Christos of God, that the kindness of God right now would begin to rest on people. Come on, just breathe that in. It's the kindness of God. It's the kindness of God. Now, Holy Spirit, I pray right now for a genuine metanoia. You know who you are. You need a genuine metanoia. This has nothing to do with you rending your garments in this moment. This has everything to do with the Lord rending your heart. I'm telling you, I hear this in my heart. There will not be a repeat performance there. There will not be, no, a repeat performance there. There will not be a repeat performance there. You're going to have a metanoia. Because you've encountered the Christos of a loving God. Now, as you open yourself up, come on, we have nothing to be ashamed about. As you open yourself up, just receive the kindness of God in that area. And that is metanoia. And what's taking place, this is the the sozo of God. This is the soteria of God. This is salvation happening. It's an inside work that begins to take place. It's an inside work that begins to take place. So repentance first is an inward work. It comes by the kindness of God, but it ends up being external and the world can see something happened. That's why the old church used to say, he touched me. He touched me. What happened? The kindness of Yahweh touched me. And then they would say, 
They didn't miss, they didn't know all the verbs, but they would say, and something happened. Something happened here and here for me. And now I know. <laughs> he touched me. And you know what he made me? He made me what? Oh. You ready for this? He touched me. Oh, he touched me. Come on, somebody leave that out. <laughs> The old mother used to sing it this way. She would say something. Something happened. And now I know he touched me. Come on, one more time. We're going to sing that. And he made me whole. Come on, he touched me. He touched me. That's happening, just seeing that. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. <laughs> I can sing something. Metanoia. Happen, metanoia. And now I know he touched me. Every hand lifted up right now. Holy Spirit, I ask you to do something that only you can get credit for. Would you let the truth of your grace toss your kindness rest on us for the remainder of the day? That's my prayer. And would you let the metanoia that I know is happening lead us to salvation the way your word said it? I haven't done the best job of it explaining it Papa but I did do my best with an authentic way but would you literally seal and work in our hearts I pray that Jesus listen if it's your first and maybe you've never done that maybe you've never said I got something to repent of if it's your first time you did that today I want to welcome you to the family of God but I want to say this there is absolutely no shame of anything you've ever done not in the kingdom our father never says shame on you he only says, shame off of you. And as we grow in our metanoia by encountering his Christos, we're going to go from his goodness, man, to his goodness. I love you, and I want to speak this over you. The Father is enamored by you. He's thrilled to call you and call you his own. Lord, I just speak a blessing over our people today. We choose to live in the Christos of God, the goodness of God. Let repentance be an everyday reality for us as often as we need it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.